This is GL Podcast number 31, October 25th, 2018. It was 12 degrees on this day in 1887. And as recently as 1989, the thermometer on the Common Surface Savings and Loan Bank in downtown Garage Logic had a record high of 82. This podcast is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We're joined right at the top by Megan Newquist of uh, Channel 5 Eyewitness 5 News. You're an anchor. I do. I do the morning news. And you are recently back. From Australia. I went to Sydney, Australia. And yes. tell us why. So I actually booked a vacation to Sydney, Australia with a friend of mine. And I came in to work on a Tuesday morning. And the big story of the morning was the civil case that the attorneys for John Ruzchek had filed. And John, John Ruzchek is the father of... He, he is the father of Justine Damon. Justine Damon. was killed Damon, in July of 2017. Exactly. In an alleyway right. behind her Minneapolis home. Right. So I'm reading these stories about the civil case. It's a $50 million civil case against the city of Minneapolis, uh, the police department, the officers involved, everyone. And I thought to myself, you know, has anyone talked to this dad? Has mm-hmm. anyone talked to Justine, Justine's dad yet? So I started asking a couple of our investigative producers, and nobody had talked with him. He hadn't spoken to any U.S. media outlet at right. all. And so I reached out to his attorney, and his attorney said, oh, Megan, everyone wants an interview with this guy. 2020, Nightline, you name it, I get calls every day from an outlet that wants an interview with him. Why should I give him to you? And I said, well, I just, I'm here. I'm local. I remember that night that this happened, this Saturday night. I remember the feeling. It happened a couple of blocks from, you know, where I live. Mm -hmm. And I said, I just remember it. And I think that if anyone can tell the story, I can tell it. And Mm -hmm. he said, okay. He goes, I think it's time for him to talk. So he called the dad, and the dad said, I don't want to do it. And he said, I think it's time. It's been 15 months since your daughter was killed. Mm-hmm. Nothing is happening in the city of Minneapolis as far as your case goes. We need to we need to do something about this. And this is going to be in three parts, the first part tonight, Thursday, October 25th. Yep, it airs at 10 o'clock tonight. Um, it is an interview with this guy, John, and he is he's so captivating. He owns a bookstore, mm-hmm. and he told me, you know, I've been fascinated by crime books my whole life. And well, so— He certainly got one in his hands now, I know. He? He, 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 the way, he's so articulate, and he's so eloquent, and he knows exactly what he wants to say. But it's interesting, you know, because he said, I'm not going to talk about the case. Mm-hmm. I will tell you about my daughter. I'm not talking about anything else. Mm-hmm. And about halfway into our hour-and-a-half interview, he started talking about it. And you could tell he needed to— to talk about it what because will he hadn't. We, what will we learn? So tonight you are going to hear about the phone call that he got telling him that his daughter had been killed. Initially, he didn't know it was by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And the shock of hearing about it, that a police officer was the one that pulled the trigger, just took him to a different level of grief and pain that he ever thought imaginable. Uh, you're going to hear from him tonight talk about the police officers that did this. I mean— no officer was willing to talk about mm-hmm. Officer Mohammed Noor. They had to convene a grand jury. He talks about his frustration with that. But the the thing that stood out to me is what he did at the exact location 
where his daughter lost his life. And you'll learn that tonight. Uh, how soon after hearing the news of Justine's death did he get to this country? Wasn't it pretty quickly? It was pretty quickly. Uh, there's a 13-hour time difference. Mm-hmm. And so he said to me, you know, when when my phone rang in the middle of the night, I thought it was just my buddies in the States calling to give me a hard time. So mm-hmm. he goes, I didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. The next morning I picked up and I heard the voicemail message from Don, Justine's fiance. Mm-hmm. And I called him back and he said he rem- he doesn't remember the conversation. He remembers bits and pieces of it. He doesn't remember a lot of it. It was hours until he learned that his daughter had been killed by a police officer. So he and, and his wife came here pretty soon afterwards. Was she raised, Justine raised entirely in Australia? No, she was actually born in Iran. In Iran? Uh, she spent a couple of her years. Uh, maybe... Why, what was dad doing that they were in Iran? So mom and dad were teachers of English as a second language. Hmm. So she was born in Iran. They then moved to Saudi Arabia, where they continued teaching English, and they settled back in Australia. Her dad's actually from New York, so he has dual citizenship. The mom was from Australia, Justine's mom. So they settled back in Australia uh, in time for her and her brother to start school, grade school. So that's she spent her school years in Australia. Mm-hmm. And what was she doing in this country? She was pursuing a career, wasn't she? So she, it's so interesting. She went down this road. She was determined to be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a vet. So she went to the University of Sydney. She got her vet's degree and then something happened in her life and her focus on veterinary just shifted. Hmm. Something drastic happened in her life, which we'll tell you about on Friday night at 10. Now that is a tease. <laughs> tease. New quest, that is a tease. It, it, it's not a laughing matter. It was something no. awful. But something happened that changed her, and she went soul-searching. She Mm -hmm. went uh, and and climbed the French Alps. She ran a marathon in in London. She uh, trekked through Nepal. She needed to find herself. In other words, she got dumped by some guy. No. Everything she thought true. Everything she thought true was was rattled by what happened to her. Okay. So she she does all of this, and she finds you've got to wait till Friday night at ten for this. She finds (laughs) meditation, and so she actually was at a conference where she met her fiance Don. Mm -hmm. They met. He kind of pursued her. It was a long distance thing. He was in Minneapolis. She was in Australia. Their first date was via Skype. Mm. He was at a restaurant here. She was at a restaurant there. I, really? You would have just tab, kept eating. Right? I would have just kept eating. Right. Isn't this steak great? Yeah, yeah. Who picks up the tab? And with yeah. the 13-hour tw- time difference, someone's having breakfast and someone's having a, a cocktail. But um, wow. it's love brought her here. Mm-hmm. Don Damon brought her here. What is the current? Uh, what is the current uh, situation with the trial of Noor? His trial is slated to begin in April of next year. Good lord! Do we know why this is taking so long? No. Does it have just, anything just, to do with Freeman uh, being up for election? Would that have anything know. to do with it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Does the dad, John, uh, talk about that? No, he doesn't talk about why it's taking so long. But in his eyes, it's a crystal clear thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why has it taken a year? I mean, mm-hmm. he's he he wants this case to be studied. He wants massive police reform. He wants big time change nationwide mm-hmm. because he cannot believe the more he's hearing about, you know, he knows about Justine's case, but then he looks back and he sees all the other cases that have happened in police departments all around the country. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what on earth is going on? Mm-hmm. He goes, that is not the way the police department is run in Australia. No. You know, tonight, Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday night. And so, Sunday night. so it's four. It's a, it, it's a three part series. So tonight we have the story about John right. learning about this, getting right. the call. 
Tomorrow night, we learn who Justine was, All a little right. bit about her being born in Iran, kind of what brought her, that thing that happened to her midlife that All brought right. her and I'm, had her now change I'm everything. I'm on that. I have to find out. On right. Friday night. And then on Sunday night, uh, John talks about the police department. Okay. He talks about the officer involved. He talks about um, the city, the lawsuit that has been filed. Right. And, and what he, he says... I asked him, you know, what will give you some peace in all of this? Is there anything that can happen at this point that mm-hmm. will help you sleep at night? And he goes, there needs to be massive reform. And he talks a lot about that. He said, that right. will give me the only peace. Megan Newquist, thank you. Hold on one second, yeah. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Megan, before you run, uh, and not to make light of any part of the story whatsoever, but Rook and I are always looking for advice. How do we work in a free trip to Australia on the company's <laughs> dime? Did yeah. so you end up getting your vacation? Uh, I was only there for three days, and okay. I spent one day with John. The, he was so gracious. He drove me around town. He yeah. took me to his daughter's favorite restaurant. He took me to the beach where they played as kids. Wow. I mean, he was he was amazing. Um, <laughs> well, you don't look unlike her. No. He, he might have found that comforting. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So yeah. you're only there for three days. And one of them was working. Yeah. Did you have a shrimp on the barbie? Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. That's it. No? That really, huh? Okay, yeah. 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 How many times do you think I've heard that since I've been back? Oh, my gosh. And I thought I was unique. <laughs> I thought I was smart. Rookie. Thank you, Megan Newquist. Thank you're you welcome. very much. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. All right. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. What an interesting email I got from Jessica. She's uh, my CI girl's mom, Hannah. Yeah. I hadn't noticed this before. I'm, I'm going to begin talking about these uh, mailed suspicious packages mm-hmm. around the country. Uh, she writes, I saw a post about the letters sent to certain Democrats in CNN in New York, and I thought you'd find interesting. All logicians are well aware of your love for the post office, so I thought you could clear this up for me. Below is a link to the ABC News story on these packages. Within that article is a picture of one of them. The post I read was pointing out that there are no markings made by the post office on the package anywhere. No postmark dates or locations where the package was processed. Ooh. I don't know enough about mail, but taking a look, uh, it looks like it would be... It looks like it would before you put it in the mail. Your thoughts? Well, I be, then I began to research the photos. Here's a picture of the package sent to Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It does not appear to have been canceled out by the post office. I did not. I've seen pictures of the of the packages, but I didn't recognize. Here's that. the one to John Brennan. It's got six American flag forever stamps. There does not seem to be any any markings whatsoever. Put on by the post office. That's bizarre. That's Here a really is, good catch. Here's another one. Here's another picture of the Schultz package. Uh, just a minute. Here's another picture of the Schultz package, which clearly shows that it was never, it, it never went through routine post office procedure. Okay, uh, so stop right there. Investigate yeah. that. Where, where does that leave us? Here's John Brennan. No, uh, no cancellation seems to have been put on the. On the envelope. So that would indicate two things. It was dropped off in person, or was it inside of a package? You know, maybe it was a, you, you put those postal bags. Why would you put stamps on an envelope and then put that envelope inside another envelope? That's that's stupid. You're right. I don't know why. But that would explain the, you're right, those forever stamps were not canceled or postmarked. You know, I'm tempted to follow my cynicism. Uh, I, I, I'm agreeing with you more. Well, but I have other 
caveats. I mean, uh, as, a, as an offhand remark, I would say all bets are off if Alec Baldwin gets one. I, I, okay. I'm not trying to be humorous. Yep, I understand. This is a dreadful, dreadful situation. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You can't excuse Trump for this. You cannot let him off the hook. He has— What do you mean, as, as if he— He uh, encourages the uncharitableness that's taking over the country right now. You can't go to a rally and, and chant out, Hillary sucks— Agreed. You can't go to a rally and say CNN sucks. I, I don't care what you think of Hillary or what you think of CNN. The man the country looks to for moral and ethical clarity has none. He has none. Now, no matter how this turns out, if this if this turns out to be in the in the other, th I've got a lot of questions, and I'll get to all of them. If this turns out to be a ploy conducted by the left somehow, and I don't know that it is. That still doesn't excuse Trump. Trump has got to get his act together. Apparently, no one can can get to him and, him and convince him that he's got to get his act together. You cannot incite people. You cannot do that. He's wrong. He's just dead wrong. Okay. And, you, and if you keep up this kind of hectoring, something bad is going to happen. Something so far. That's another question I have about these suspicious packages, uh, and I've searched and searched and searched, and I can't find any reporting because reporting isn't what it used to be. Are these things even capable of of detonation? What's the triggering mechanism? So far, there's been ten or eleven, and they've been routinely swooped up, and and uh, thankfully, no right. harm has come to anyone. <laughs> Are these ding-ding deals like that kid made the clock in Texas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one that no, went to the White House. I, I have seen reports that they contain uh, explosive material, but is there a means for these things to explode? I have not seen that. I have not seen that either. Nor have I seen heard the ones that were taken away were Are they were taken detonated. somewhere and blown up? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Are they just destroyed, or are they somehow detonated via their own— Mechanism. I have not heard anything like that. I know the president last night, I believe he was in Wisconsin. This is uh, podcast number, what did I say? 31. This is October 25th. I believe he was in Wisconsin last night, October 24th. And he did, uh, he did give temperate remarks about we must come together and stop this. And Okay, but you're way too late on that, pal. You, you, and he's well, trying to blame the media for it. No. 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 It's your fault, Trump. But you can't you, say you, one thing incited, to the other. You're inciting right. people, Trump. You're inciting people, and you're foul to do it. And I'm not sure he's ever going to be able to, to experience a conversion where he realizes that he has got to take a look at himself and the responsibility he has for, even if this turns out to be the left doing it, mm -hmm. he's got to take a look at his own responsibility for, for the for the poor shape we're in culturally in terms of getting along with each other. You're not going to get that from him. No, I know. And that's pathetic. It's it's it pathetic. is unfortunate. It's he pathetic. does not. Well, it's not unfortunate. It's pathetic. Well, it's unfortunate that he will not change, that he won't see this and at this time could bring the country somewhat together, but he's not capable but of doing But he's got that. so much contrition to, to live on. He's, he's, he had his whole record of public speaking has been to incite people. Yes. And he can't be excused. He cannot be excused for this. I don't know how his defenders 
can can let him off the hook for this. Again, even if this turns out to be, uh, if Hillary Clinton is funding this, you can't let Trump off the hook for creating the environment in which this does appear to have become inevitable. Now all we can do is pray that none of these damn things go off, right. which leads me back to my question. And we will find are, are they capable of, of going off? And mm-hmm. why, why am I looking at so many pictures of manila envelopes? That's another thing. Six forever stamps, I think, would not be enough to mail the weight of a pipe bomb. <laughs> well, Where I'm your post Ingy? office guy. Where is Ingy when you need him? Yeah. Really, the one time we could use them. <laughs> right. That's the first thing that popped into your head. Well, wait a minute. Well, no, wait. look at their manila envelopes, and then we see the, uh, I've seen diagrams of what's inside them. I don't think six stamps. Six forevers. What are they up to now? 58? Okay. No. Six stamps would not go. would not cover the cost. What's your average of, pipe bomb weigh? I don't I'll know. I'll look but, it up. All right. But six stamps would not co- uh, cover the cost of mailing Okay, the now thing. you're... Your your theory of uh, this black down. helicopter conspiracy just took a giant step with that. Well, I, I'm, with, I, with the non cancellation and with the amount. Yeah, I'm not intending to be conspiratorial. Wait, can I, I ask a question? Not, May I ask a question before I proceed with my Google search? Right. Yeah. Is it wise to to search how many stamps to mail a pipe bomb? Well, yeah. I would not. I yeah. seriously, Let's, I would not. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe I shouldn't look that, that up. That baby's burned on your computer. For yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? That that is. Those are those are two big steps to your theory of it could possibly be an inside job. Okay, well, I don't think it's an in. Well, that would have to suggest it's an inside job by a postal worker, but I don't. No, no, I mean the the conspiracy of of people. I know it's in different parts of the country and it's access, but that would even be, no cancel. Nothing gets through without being canceled by the post office. Right. So why am I looking at all? Do it yourself, G. All right. A pound, a pound of mail, yeah. according to stamps.com, right. mm-hmm. uh, one pound uh, priority would be $6.35. Well, that's, that's more than six forever stamps. Yeah. Hmm. Six forever stamps isn't even, is not enough to cover the cost of that. Plus, the other thing that, <clears throat> that occurs to me... <clears throat> These uh, packages have the typed address uh, on the label. Mm-hmm. I have something caught in my throat. That were typed from uh, a computer, obviously, and then printed out. Okay. and But just wouldn't an attentive postal worker uh, look at heft this thing in their hands and say, wait a minute. The, the, this sending, doesn't look right. You're sending this to Joe Biden? What, what the hell is this? Well, maybe that's what's happening. That's why they've been getting... I, and that's another part of the reporting that's missing. How many of these suspicious packages were – did all suspicious packages arrive at their destination? I'll even go one step earlier. Were all of these suspected packages – an alert postal worker would recognize there's there's 12 or there's 8 of these things well, now, now that they're in the news. Well, no, but I mean – that would have to be an alert postal worker who happened to be handling every one of these. They could have been mailed from independent post offices. My mm. point, my point being, they don't appear to have been canceled by the post office. They don't appear to have been handled. There's no markings on them. So, well, did they get to their destination, or uh, how many of these 
Well, they, apparently they did, or dropped. we wouldn't be hearing about it. How many of these along those? And I'm not a black helicopter guy, but these things point to where they dropped. This this is apparently the De Niro one, which I I know people who that turned the corner for them in mm-hmm. terms of their suspicions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the De Niro one apparently was delivered by a courier, so that that would. But why did they put stamps on it? Throw off the scent of the dogs? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's a, just a dreadful, dreadful situation. But the the behavior of the president cannot be taken out of this equation. I will not take his behavior out of this equation. It's appalling. It's appalling. And I have to agree with uh, uh, his critics who say, hey, pal, you should have called Clinton and you should have called Obama. The They're in your least. club. They're in your club. At it's a small least. club. Yep. How many presidents are alive right now? H.W.'s alive. Yep. W's alive. Yep. Carter's alive. Mm-hmm. Clinton's alive. And Obama's alive. Five former presidents are alive. Two of them ostensibly received pipe bombs in the mail. You, as the sitting president, you got to call them. They're right. in your club. Right. Plus, you don't know what that's going to start. That could start the beginning of a new... Path down to the the presidential friendship road. You got to call them and say, "Hey, man, I'm sorry." He won't. They ripped him. Well, plus, they, with some justification, might use that phone call as an occasion to say, "Listen, you fat turd, you're 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 responsible for this in some capacity. You've got to stop this behavior of yours." And you, I suppose he doesn't want to expose himself to that kind of. Admonition. I got to say, you won. You won. Mm -hmm. Now start acting like the office that you won. You don't have to turn it over. Well, I've given up on that. That's it's been two years. It's not going to happen. It's just not. That was my hope Mm -hmm. to begin with. Me too. I thought this has to be a bit, and we're going to see a turnaround. No, there's no turnaround. I I hope to God. uh, I don't know what I hope. I hope to God they continue to not blow up. That's one thing I hope. I hope it's an inside job and we find it because I, it makes me sick that there's some crazy person out there that would put this together. What do we look like? What do we, what do we look like right now to the rest of the world? Oh, God. What do we look Cidiots. like? Cidiots. Cidiots. We're, we're going to have a corn, uh, corn uh, oh corner Oh, my today. God. We're Seriously? having corn corner corner? Yeah. Oh, oh we learned did. something oh. new? Boy, did I get the email on the corn taking us oh. to task. Holy really? mackerel. Yeah, that'll have to be a little later because I'm not done talking about these bombs yet. No, I think we can. I, do that. I continue. All we can do is continue to pray. None of these will go off. And then the other thing I have seen reported is that uh, so-called experts, interviewed by ABC, CNN, New York Times, what have you, uh, they say there's so much forensic evidence here that it shouldn't be hard to identify. Well, let's go then. Let's right, find out right. today. Come on. Speaking of the New Get York David Times, David Muir on it. Just a minute. Speaking of the He'll New save York us. Times, I got to find this. You're not see. See, Trump wants to blame. The media, yes, and he can't because it's not it's not the media's fault. Uh, let me take a break and and then tell you what the New York Times is up to because is they keep playing into his hands, and he's not capable of rejecting the bait. He's <laughs> he's like a toddler; takes it every time. You put that lollipop out there, he, grab it. He's going to kick that football every time, and Lucy's going to pull it away <laughs> every time. But just a minute, I'm going to tell you what the time is up.
It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Thank you, Johnny Hall. Nice. See, I got a great note from uh, Brant Angen, who describes himself as another citizen of Gumption County. Mm-hmm. He had a wedding anniversary the other day. This is no BS. I thought I should get the little lady something nice. So unlike your newsboys family, I went to Moeller's and I can't say enough. The guy was spot on and didn't try to push anything, and he stayed right in the budget, which is what he asked me first. I loved it. No wasting of my time. I even think I saw tears from the, from the CP. Uh-huh. Well, I am not. He, that guy did my ad for me. There's no BS when I tell you that Moeller's is the only place to go. There's three locations. RF Moeller Jeweler Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France in Edina, uh, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. And right now, today, October 25th, through Saturday is the giant watch event. More than 500 watches all uh, located at the Highland store, the flagship store at Ford and Cleveland. You tell them you're a GL podcast listener and you get $250 off any watch priced at $500 or more. And as a, an additional bonus for GL podcast listeners, you get 100 bucks off any Rolex overhaul. There's three reasons to visit RF Moeller. They're bringing you this podcast, and you can save 250 bucks on any watch, $500 or more, and uh, $100 off any Rolex overhaul. But there's a fourth reason. What? Just what the emailer said, Brant. Oh, the first yeah. thing you're going to do is say, how can I help you? What's your budget? Let's work on this. We'll make it happen. Right. What is, do they really sell giant watches? What do you mean? You said it's like the giant watch sale. Yeah, they have big ones. The big, size huge, of, like over, like, like the size band. of my head. Like okay. Flava Flav. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. The, yeah, the clock thing. So it's better than a vacuum cleaner. I think so. For, a, for an anniversary gift. Yeah. Or was that a birthday gift? What are you talking about? Didn't you get the CP, a vacuum cleaner? No, nope. floor mats. Oh, nope, you got her those floor mats, which was a really, you know, those nice, Weather those tech. are laser. That's right. They fit perfectly. Yes. Oh, it was your obsession with Kerm as a kid. That's what I'm getting mixed up. I had a relationship with a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of that, I know you got a more pressing issue to I get really to. I really do. Is this a town um, ball story? No, it's not. But I know you guys don't know who Chad Kelly is. Uh-huh. He is a former Denver Broncos backup quarterback who was released the other day. You are right. correct. We don't. He got drunk at a party, got a little disoriented, and got beat up with a vacuum tube. Really? What? You lose some man points, don't you? Yeah, I don't you know whether I'm rooting for him or the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, at this point. He got beat up by a vacuum. See ya, buddy. <laughs> the New York Times uh, is creating a fictional account of President Trump being gunned down by a Russian assassin. Whoa. The Times book review section noted that it puts a spotlight on books and stories, but also how, how on the books being written and read reflect the world outside of books. Editor said that the Mueller probe and Trump's relationship with Putin is one of the biggest stories out there. Therefore, the paper enlisted today's most talented spy and crime novelist to dream up possible outcomes. One of the short stories on the Times online book review page to be published in Sunday's print edition is called How It Ends by Zoe Sharp, a chilling story about a drunken Russian's plot to murder the president with a Makarov pistol. Sharp's particular story doesn't mention Trump by name, but it's no secret as the collection of stories is headlined, Five Novelists Imagine Trump's Next Chapter. Uh, The Russian waited until they were a few steps past before he drew the gun. He sighted on the center of the president's back and squeezed the trigger, Sharp wrote. The Makarov misfired. 
Then comes the twist in Sharp's fantasy as the failed assassination attempt resulted in the disappointed Russian would-be killer tasting failure and waiting for the Secret Service to intervene. Okay. Wow. Uh, what else does this say? This is just poorly thought out by the New York Times as are Trump's remarks. They're both guilty here of, the, of a similar sin. This should have just been tossed to the wayside. Uh, the New York Times, it's quite clear. I go to, to the web version of it every day because, again, what do they have that I like? Uh, obituaries. They have, the best obituaries. they have the best obituaries. And as I'm working my way down uh, to the obits, I'm, I can't help but see the other news. And it's, it's quite clearly evident that they are solidly uh, – in their template is, is an anti-Trump fervor. That Okay, but the president has to live with that. That's too bad. Uh, CNN, quite clearly an anti-Trump fervor. But the Times uh, oversteps its boundaries by inviting five novelists to create scenarios by which Trump gets shot. <laughs> it, it, we're just awash in this childishness. That's such and a— I'm, And I'm going to continue to say, and I'm not letting Trump off the hook for it. I, and I'm sure I'm angering GLers who think Trump walks on water. No, he doesn't. He's a foul, foul, foul human being. He happens to be doing some things that are working out well for the country. Right. But he is a, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. You can't, you can't just keep going to these rallies and throwing red meat to your, to your base. It just, you can't do it. And he continues to do it to the point now where the New York Times probably feels justified. In saying, well, compared to what he's up to, can't, can't we just at least fantasize it, with some of these great novelists? And it's almost as if they're getting into the same game as the late night talk show host crowd. Oh, absolutely. Where they almost feel uh, that, that that they have to go down this road to protect the viewers or the readers that they that they have, and they want to continue to grow that base. And that is just as shameful. Absolutely. And, and the New York Times is not capable, nor is Trump. The New York Times is not capable of being ashamed of itself, nor is Trump. That's, that's missing in our national character right now. Shame. Contrition. Mm. Uh, they need to go to the box and feel shame. you got to right? go sit it out for you got to to go to the penalty box. Then you can once yeah. again become one of the guys. Then you'll be free. Right. There's, I, I always thought We're desperate that- for adulthood. We're desperate for adult leadership. Uh, don't get me wrong. Hillary would not have provided it either. <laughs> mm. we're, we're just at a- critical phase in our history where you know really good good people probably want no part of no, this none they want no part of this bs well look at what's even happening locally how mm -hmm. people are being drugged through the mud in the political season that's basically most of that is outside money too and it's just who wants to be a part of that crap no speaking of which there was a what i believe to be and i'm not certain but i'm reasonably confident there was what I believe to be a Tim Walls fundraiser in my neighborhood last night. Really? Yeah. And uh, how many the, people showed up? Oh, it was very crowded. Wow. And and uh, I, I received a call from a kid I used to have mm -hmm. saying I can hardly get through such and such street. Uh, there's a Tim Walls fundraiser going on. You should see this. Well, sure enough, I, my curiosity got the best of me. Because, you know, it's the Tim Walls crowd. Right. And Seen a lot of Subarus, uh, VW no, I'm th Bugs. No, I was thinking bicycles, scooters, and oh, electric yeah. cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. If they're purists. 
Nothing but new SUVs as far as an old man's eye could see. Huh. Yeah. I think I even tweeted that out. Yes, you did. Yeah. But, and, and I don't care what those people drive, but those are the people that are going to lecture me about climate change. Because mm. Walls, as a, a Democrat, right. he has to have that in his, in his uh, template. That has to be in his outline. This is the way he's told to think. Yeah, he's, he's in the club. So the club tells him climate change is real, it's caused by man, and you have to get on board, and of course he will be. But all these hypocrites drove there in great big SUVs. And again, drive what you want, but just don't right. lecture me. Right. Don't lecture. You know, you— Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh, the 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 political edge. Now you're you're reminding me of something I saw. I think it was either late yesterday or the day before, where the Paulson and Dean Phillips race. I, they, sorry, oh, that's all God. outside money that's creating those bad ads. <laughs> but but the Phillips camp, and I think it was his camp because he has his face and name on it, where they were fact checking all of these bodacious claims that Paulson's throwing out right. there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a horse in the race. I don't care who wins. But I think that's your district. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, you should have a horse in the race. Well, because I think they're both uh, anyway. Right. But but basically, Dean Phillips went down the Chenzo route, mm-hmm. where they'd put out the you know uh, Eric Paulson says and he goes nope, nope. that's that's <laughs> that's a lie you know so they're doing fact check where they have Hauser's quotes or Pat Kessler's right. quotes saying you know they do those fact checks right. like well no he's he's lying about uh, this nope. nope did you see he was running nope. against Betty our old buddy Greg Ryan who we had on oh yes a yeah. Ago. yeah Ryan the plumber Betty uh, God. <clears throat> anyway uh, a boy I wish I wish he, I wish Ryan would win I, I know it's well yeah, good luck to gonna you. be a fight but. Holy man. Uh, anyway, Wall's fundraiser. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, throw, you one, see? throw one for him. That's great. That's fun. Uh, but uh, none of those people uh, walked there or took the electric lime scooter. Mass transit? Any mass transit? I don't think so. You don't have any Pedro Lucas there? No Pedro. <laughs> Is that still posted? Oh, uh, yeah. Greg Holcomb's Pedro Lucas? I would check it every day Getting just really in case there's mileage. a new one. Yeah. I'm sure he's working on a new one right now. Uh, have to return to the... Uh, isn't it quickly uh, how amazing everything else has left the news cycle except these uh, suspicious packages? Yeah. Everything. The caravan has left the cycle. Right. Uh, weather hysteria has left the cycle. How are we doing financially today? Uh, market's our... up a little bit today. Okay. Because we tumbled. I'm personally not doing too well. Yep. Yeah. Ah, Lee, you got a lot of time before retirement. Don't forget that. <laughs> a lot of time before retirement. Oh, it's funny when I used to tease you about that maybe two months ago. It was uh-huh. funny. That's real not, funny. Wasn't not it? really funny anymore, is it? No. No. All right, just a moment, please. You cannot stop it. You just make a move. Joe Suchere. Okay, I was wondering how it was possible for uh, 7,500 to 14,000 people, whatever the current number is, how it was possible for them to to march up to the United States. Uh, those are arduous conditions. And they're fleeing, they're fleeing destitution. Of that, I have no doubt. But it's not like they've been, you know, they're coming from a yoga class. I mean, th- these aren't marathon runners. How is right. it possible? How did it get so big? And so I was reading this uh, yesterday. Uh, the caravan's origin remains somewhat opaque. The answer for many migrants is that they had wanted to leave for months or years. And then in a Facebook post, 
a television program, a WhatsApp group. They saw an image of the growing group and decided to join it. Wait a minute. Huh? These are a, a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. The question of how the migrant caravan began has wound its way to the American midterm elections. President Trump and other Republicans have suggested that Democrats paid migrants to begin the journey. As the group continues to grow, the largest such caravan in recent years, its beginnings are being scrutinized. How did more than 5,000 migrants from across Central America find each other? Although the caravan's origin remains somewhat opaque, the answer for many migrants is that they have wanted to leave for months or years, and then, in a Facebook post, a television program, a WhatsApp group, they saw an image of the growing group and decided, right away, I knew I would go, said Irma Rosales, 37, from Santa Ana, El Salvador, who saw images of the caravan on television and bought a bus ticket to meet up with the group in Guatemala. I had been waiting for a way to get north, and when I heard about the caravan, said Ediberto Fuentes, 30, who had fled Honduras for southern mm-hmm. Mexico, but was stranded for months without money uh, to pay for a smuggler to travel to the U.S. I packed my bag in 30 minutes, said Jose Mia, 16, from Ocotepeque, Honduras, who heard about the caravan when his friend knocked on his door at 4 a.m. and said, let's go. Donde vas? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Honduran government claims that community activists led by a former legislator named Bartolo Fuentes uh, were initially behind the group intending to malign the country's leaders. The bulk of the migrants are still from Honduras. There's clear evidence where it began. Bartolo was the person who was in front of the media. He was the face of this event. Alden Rivera Montes, Honduras ambassador to Mexico, said in an interview. Uh, Vice President Pence said in an interview with the Washington Post that Honduras president told him the caravan was financed by Venezuela's left-wing government. There is no evidence to support that claim, to which I would add, they don't have any money. Right. I don't, I don't know where Venezuela would get the money. And what are they, uh, you know, the people that are walking with it, that they just left all of their other uh, meager, meek belongings or I, what? I guess. Hmm. I guess. Uh Many questions uh, remain unanswered. Apparently, there's porta potties along the route. Well, uh, supplied who, by the churches, well, or who's, who's, who's paying for it? It who's, seems extremely organized. It, more than you know, Pedro calling up uh, Juan and saying it's four a.m. Let's go. Let's go. Let's join the movement. Who's supplying the food? Who's supplying the water? Who's supplying the blankets? I understand once they get once they get started. It could snowball into yep. We're gonna put uh, have a have a water station here. Yeah. But the, the in its humble beginnings is where at the core that's where the questions are are to be asked about who started this. How did everybody get started? On Tuesday, they stopped to rest in the small southern Mexico, a Mexican city of Huxtla, H U I X T L A. H U I X T L A L A. Huxtla. Huxtla. Washing their clothes in buckets of water, sending messages to their families from Internet cafes, accepting whatever donations local residents were willing to offer. There was word that hundreds more migrants from across Central America, drawn by the endless media coverage, were on their way. The Honduran government, this is where the Honduran government claimed, that community activists led by that former legislator named Bartolo Fuentes were initially behind the group intending to malign the country's leaders and portray Honduras as a failed country. Okay. They were trying to show Honduras as a failed country, which is totally false, Rivera Montes said. Well, then why are they leaving if it's not a failed country? 
these are people who have normally migrated hidden day after day, have decided to come together and travel together to protect themselves, Went they said. He said he was in touch with four groups of would-be migrants who were talking on WhatsApp and other social networks in Tejuca, Tejuca, Palala, Tejuca, for me, ma'am. T-E-G. T-E-G. U-C. U-C. I-G. I-G. A-L. A-L. P-A. P-A. That's the capital, I think. Tegucic Palala. Tegucic I don't know. Everyone wants to know who was behind Where's this, it? said Irenio Mujica, director of Tijuana-based Pueblos Sin Fronteras, which has advocated for this in previous caravans, helping to arrange the routes and other logistics. But no one has the power to organize this many people. No one can engineer an exodus. By mid-October, the explosion of media coverage and viral social media posts across Central America prompted an explosion in the number of migrants. Within days of the caravan's departure from San Pedro Sula on October 13th, almost no one could pin down the group's official origin story. They could cite only the Facebook post or television program that led them to their decision to migrate. When I arrived at the bus terminal, terminal in San Pedro Sula, there were 30 people. A few hours later, there were hundreds, said Jose Vin, 32, from northwestern Honduras. Most caravans have traveled through Central America for several years, part human rights protests, part effort to guarantee safe passage for Central Americans traversing a dangerous route. Normally, a Central American migrating to the United States must pay a series of cartel-linked smugglers to make the journey, a sum that can reach more than 10 grand. The caravan offered a relatively safe way to migrate that was basically free. All right. And they're not going to be allowed in, so... I, 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 I don't think I can get on board with Trump's belief that, that Democrats arrange this. <laughs> no. But you know what? Nothing surprises us anymore. Nothing will surprise. It will not surprise anybody if these pipe bomb mailings are conducted by Democrats. That won't surprise anybody. No. It wouldn't surprise anybody if the caravan was paid for by uh, wealthy liberals. It, it won't surprise anybody. I happen to think that's not the case. I also think, unlike Trump, uh, the m- news media is not responsible for the mailing of these lousy packages and that he can't be taken off the hook. He just can't be. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying, and and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I have a ray of hope coming up? You got more coming up on this garage. I've got Logic one podcast. hell of a ray of hope coming. Really? Up. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. I love those.